You're listening to Called to Homeschool, episode 94, Force Negate Learning. This is your manual to becoming the amazing homeschool mom you were called to be. Hi, and welcome back to this week's episode, episode 94, Force Negates Learning. And it is just Meg today. Uh, We had an episode 94 recorded, and we just didn't love it, and so we scratched it. So uh, I'm doing a new one, and then Karen and I will be back again next week. So thank you for that. Also, huge thank you to all the amazing reviews that we are being left. We are trying to build this podcast for people to find it. Um, So your reviews really help us to do that. If you leave us a five-star review and iTunes, um, it is super helpful and a comment with it. So the reviewer of the week today is from JKDH3. And she says, I am new to homeschooling and have learned so much great information from these knowledgeable homeschooling women. Not only have I learned a lot, but I also have been encouraged and found confidence to embark on this journey. Thank you for your podcast. I hope it will continue for a long time. Thank you so much for leaving the review. Uh, We love that these are helpful to you, this podcast. This is just completely a labor of love. Um, Super grateful that we did this, especially we had no idea that uh, there would be so many homeschoolers happening. And so super grateful that we had all this content and everything ready for you guys. Um, So thank you for that. So please um, leave us a five-star review in iTunes with a comment and you could be the reviewer of the week. So today I wanted to share something from the Well-Educated Heart book. Um, The which one is it? The Catch the Vision, volume two. And these books are free on Well-Educated Heart. I don't know if it's, I think it's welleducatedheart.com, but just Google Well-Educated Heart and catch the vision and you can read them for free. But I like to write in my books and have them so I can always reference them. So I just bought them. And I wanted to go over one of the principles that she was teaching about the basic principles for well-educated heart. And this has been something that I am just seeing is so true. And it's interesting that science sometimes catches up with moms when they figure some stuff out, right? Of like, I don't think that this way is working, that maybe they're teaching it in schools and science are agreeing with it and they're finding it out. So it's principle number three, and it is called force negates learning. And what does negate mean? It means to make ineffective. So when you force learning, it is ineffective. Um, Anyone out there, I'm assuming I'm not the only one who has ever forced your kids to do school, force them to read a book, force them to do their math, force them to do anything. Um, Like, we're not always Mary Poppins and aren't always magical and whatnot. Um, And I'm assuming more than myself have ever forced their kids to learn a a certain subject. But it's interesting as I'm studying this and learning a different way of possibly homeschooling, the beauty of it. And in the book, she shares um, a quote from Plato first, and it says, knowledge which acquired under compulsion obtains no hold on the mind. Then next she says, Da Vinci said, study without desire spoils the memory and it retains nothing it takes in. So in other words, when knowledge is forced, it does not stay in the mind. 
Now think about this with your own education growing up. You learned a subject that maybe you weren't interested in and you took a test and maybe you even aced that test and now you can't remember anything about it. My oldest sons were taking a science class um, at a for college. Um, what are those classes called? Concurrent enrollment. And so they were taking some type of science class. I don't know if it was marine biology or whatnot um, at a college level class. And they both passed the class and they both did fine in the class, but they didn't retain much of what they read or learned or even passed a test on. It was interesting is then we went to Puerto Rico and we went on this really neat late night bioluminescent kayaking tour. And it was super awesome and we're kayaking in the dark and you run your oar through the water, right? Your paddle and the whole thing lights up. You could see fish and they would light up. So this amazing tour guide was taking us kayaking and I'm not sure if it was a lagoon or what, what exactly the little body of water was, but um, we're in this body of water and he's telling us all these cool facts about the plants and the animals there and how the relationship with the tree roots and the, the food that it drops for the fishes and, and the fish's poop then fertilizes the plants and all of these amazing things. And my boys were so into it. And then they laughed because they're like, oh, that's right. We actually learned all of this in our science class and we had completely forgotten it all. So it was just interesting that they were forced, like this is what you're learning. This is what you're going to be tested on. And then they remembered none of it. Like if you asked me what I remember of any of my classes in high school, and I've been very open that I was not a stellar student, I probably can't tell you much. Um, I was just laughing with my son the other day that I actually enjoy math. And, but I was a horrible math student. And we were laughing about, I go, do you know what I remember math of my 10th grade year is my friend would bring gum and we would see how much bubble gum we could shove in our mouth, mouth during math class. Um, so I never really gained anything because I wasn't, you like I had no involvement. I wasn't connecting with it because I wasn't choosing to do the math, right? Like you have to take this math class. Um, so we all know this, that force, like forcing a kid, forcing ourselves to do it, right? Even as an adult, if we're forced, like you have to do this, it's like, oh, I just don't want to do it. But all too often, we think that force is the only way that our children learn. And this is what's fascinating about force is because scientists are starting to study what goes on in your brain when you are learning. And when the information is force, there is a little gateway in your brain that completely shuts down. And scientists have found that if a student is stressed out that the information is not going to make it to the higher centers of the brain where there's long-term long -term storage and comprehension, which makes complete sense that why some of these classes from high school you don't remember unless you were actually interested in them. Um, or why your children, you were like, we taught this, we, I taught you this, you have learned this, and they don't retain it because they weren't interested in it, they was just forced upon them. Um, so it's interesting, you can Google learning and emotions, and you can read from very intelligent people with a lot of big words in their articles of how this emotions and the learning, how it all affects each other. So I found this interesting study from a teacher's point of view. And this is for a, a traditional type of school, but, and this was from the ASCD, and it talked about a second grader refuses to complete arithmetic assignment. The irritated, irritated teacher stress system inappropriately responds by releasing uh, clotting elements into the blood 
elevating cholesterol levels, depressing the immune system, testing large muscles, increasing the blood pressure, and much more. It's a response that makes sense only if the student is also threatening with a knife or gun. So not only is your kid not retaining it, what you are forcing them to doing it, but then when you are trying to get them to do it and they're like, there's no way you're getting me to do this, you then experience all these horrible side effects yourself of your stress being risen, right? Um, it says depressing the immune system, tensing your muscles, elevating your blood pressure. All of these things are happening. So your body goes into fight or flight and their mind shuts down. It is a lose-lose situation of trying to force learning. So then what do you do? Like, okay, let's hold hands, sing Kumbaya all day long. Let's run wild. Let's be like, do whatever we want. So I love this. And I'm probably saying it's wrong because that's how I roll. Um, his name looks French. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry said, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up men to gather wood, divide the work and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the boat and the endless sea. On Sunday, one of the moms in our homeschool co-op had a mother-daughter night of poetry. And my girls and I went, and one of the cute girls there shared, her mom actually read it, but she, she told her mom she could, but she shared this fairy tale that her daughter had written. Can you guess what my daughter did the very next day? She came home without any um, encouragement from me without, and I not mean like you should go do this. This would be neat. She wrote a fairy tale. You should write a fairy tale. Like I didn't say anything. Um, she just said, I want to go write a story. And I go, fantastic. And then she came to me last night and said, I wrote a fairy tale. Would you read my fairy tale? And it was so cute. Same kind of this, like Tata Moral was the cute kind of the same stories this daughter did. All because somebody else shared it. It inspired my daughter who then went and wrote. There was no assignment given. I did not check grammar. I did not check anything. And she even said, I haven't edited it yet, but just read it. And so I didn't make any comments about anything and just read her story and enjoyed it. Um, then today we had tea time this morning. So I guess when you're listening to this, we had tea time yesterday. My daughter had already written her own poems. So we went to this poetry night. Some people shared uh, poems that were already written. I read one from um, a poet that I really enjoyed. Other people are sharing poems that they already enjoyed. And some people are sharing ones that they made up and the story that they made up. So what did my daughter do today? She went and wrote her own poem. So for poetry and tea time today, she goes, I just want to read the ones I wrote. And they were beautiful and they were awesome. And there was no lesson plan about it. And I didn't do any of the work, right? All I did was put her in this environment and then she did the rest. And it was absolutely beautiful. So the women I coach often worry that their kid will fall behind and they're not doing enough. And it is that fear that is driving the action of pushing harder and harder, which is interesting because then you then create that the result of your kids not knowing enough because we know that force means it won't stay in your um, long-term part of your brain. But this is the way that things have always been done, people say. And I love that, like, question the way that things have always been done. We had the person who did the, was it the high jump? where they jump over backwards over those, I don't know what that's called, where they run and jump over <laughs> a pole. <laughs> and they used to run and jump forward over it, right? Until somebody said, I'm going to jump backwards. And they were like, that's ridiculous. That's not the way that this jump is done. They do this jump and they are much higher than it, right? 
there are stories, and I think we've even shared this, but that Marlene shares of out in the middle of Russia, there was a soldier out there, and finally somebody's like, why do we do this? And they went and found out that a hundred or so years before, Catherine the Great had wanted to know when the first flower was going to uh, poke its head through or something like that. And so they had sent a soldier that so she would be informed right away. Just because it's the way it's always been done or been done for a hundred years or 50 years doesn't mean it's the only way or even the right way. Um, going against the norm takes courage. And that courage is that seed you are planting is taking root. And the interesting things with seeds is that you don't see any of the progress until it comes out of the dirt, even though so much is happening underneath that dirt. So going against the norm of like, I can't see my works yet. Here I am, I am I'm filling my home with beautiful music and beautiful art and, and poetry and we're, we're playing, we're doing all these amazing things. I don't know if it's working. But what happens if you pull a seed up to see if the root is growing, it kills the plant. So you have to have courage and have to have faith that this is working, right? There was an interesting story told on Sunday about a man who was a seminary teacher and he was only a seminary teacher. He was a student teacher for one semester. And this whole semester, he had a boy in the back who made sure he sat in the back chair and would lean his head against the wall and it always looked like he was sleeping. And the seminary teacher said, like, I don't know, what is the point of me being here? Should I talk to him? Should I talk to his parents? I don't know what to do. And so he went and prayed and said, I don't know what to do. And he got an answer that said, he's here. He's here. And so he's like, okay. So he just let this kid kind of sleep in the back corner and continue to prepare and teach his lessons. Later, he ran into this boy who is now an adult and said, hey, do you remember me? I was in your seminary class. And the guy goes, yes, I remember you. You sat in the back and you always looked like you were always asleep. And he goes, he goes, no, I know I looked like I was asleep, but I was listening. I know what you said. And then he went to retell him a lot of the things that he learned from his class. So how interesting that as this teacher is looking, he's like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, is this matter? Is he getting anything? I don't really see the point of this. And he, this child that was taking roots right? He was there. He was absorbing it, even though he didn't get to see the works till several years later. These roots are being taken, and he had a really strong testimony and was able to really take in what this teacher was saying. An interesting study from the University of Virginia says, and I'm going to make sure I get to the right page, um, it says two major studies confirmed the value of play versus teaching reading skills to young children. Both compared children who learned to read at five with those who learned at seven and spent their early years in play-based activities. Those who read at five had no advantage. Those who learned to read later had better comprehension by age 11 because their early play experiences improved their language development. So how interesting that by allowing a kid to play, like sometimes we, like people, like, uh, toot their own horn. Like my kid learned to read at three. My kid learned to read at this. And we think this is so amazing, but it's like, what if it's not? What if people are wrong? What if we'd like, when they're ready to learn to read is awesome because they're getting this amazing education by experiencing the world, like by climbing in trees, by being out and having fun and playing games. What if they're learning so much more that we don't realize, right? And so here we have from uh, major universities, confirming that, 
that there really is no benefit from having these kids learn all these rigorous academic studies at a young age. Now, this is not to say that academics don't ever play a role, but it's as they have that inspiration and they do it and then they dive into it. And then there's stories of Thomas Edison who refused to learn in school. But as a young man, a friend recalled walking in his living room and seeing him with six feet of scientific volumes piled around him that he had sent for from around the world. And when the matter of days, he had come up with ideas for over 2,000 experience to test his theories. I love this too. Noah Webster learned 28 languages so that he could study the roots of all of our words in the English language and define them in a dictionary. Um, so as you read stories of people who have great discoveries or works, you'll find a heart fueled by fashion that's um, passion, excuse me, fueled by passion that's doing the driving, not a heart that is being forced. So there's no story of Edison like, oh, he was forced to do all these scientific discoveries. No, he was excited to do these scientific discoveries. And so he continued to do them. And then you've heard the famous quote, like with the light bulb, um, I didn't fail 99 times. I just found out 99 ways it didn't work. Something along those lines. I'm sure I'm misquoting that. But it's letting go of the fear of falling behind and just working on that, that relationship and, and getting them excited about things and warming up their hearts to all these things. Um, that amazing things start to happen. The last line in this little section of the principle three of no principle, yeah, principle three, force negates learning. Marlene says, trying to force children to learn will work against you every single time. Isn't that interesting? Because as we just found in studies and whatnot, right? Not only does it not go into their long-term storage, but it also starts affecting you, this irritation that comes from this force of them not them listening, right? Which then comes the yelling, which then comes all these other things and starts affecting you as well. So trying to force children to learn will work against you every single time. And remember, there's no such thing as falling behind when you're blazing your own trail. And it's interesting with education that we a lot of times treat it that there's an expiration date, that you have to learn this by 18. But we are eternal beings. We're always learning. We're always growing. There's no right way. Like if you die, it's not like God says, oh, you were so close. But like, man, you did not master that long division. Learning is an eternal principle. So wouldn't it be better to have this love for learning? So you're always out there trying to discover learning, trying to find ways um, to just grow instead of like, no, you have to know this fact. So I just hope that this gives you a little bit of confidence, maybe, to see that you're not falling behind when you're blazing your own trail, to maybe take a breath and say, okay, what does education mean to me? Because of all the women I've coached and asked that question, I have yet to have a woman say that education means to me of my child getting a really high score on an ACT or doing all these big um, academic type things. It's usually like a love for learning building character, um, knowing how to push through when things are hard, knowing who they are, knowing, being confident with themselves and all those things. So it's a great question to ask yourself. Um, if you are wanting additional help with implementing Well-Educated Heart, please make sure you join Mama's Members where you can join for as little as $35 a month, which is amazing because you can have one-on-one -on -one coaching or you can join us for our Well-Educated Heart call, which have been really, really fun. Um, so 
Don't forget that you can hop over there and join and get some additional help, especially if you are having um, some fears. Like, I kind of want to go this way, but I'm very scared. I come from a very academic family. My father is a teacher. My mother is a principal, whatever it is. My neighbor's looking at me weird. I know she's judging me, right? Whatever it is, that's what a really great place for coaching is if you are ready to step into this unknown and blaze your own trail to have some encouragement and some help. So I'd love to help you over in Mama's Members. Um, and you can find that at coachmegthomas.com. Uh, you guys are awesome. And we'll see you next week, next week with the lovely Karen. So don't forget to leave a five-star review in iTunes. And we will see you next week. We'll see you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Call to Homeschool. Be sure to subscribe and we'd love to hear your comments or questions. You can find all our show notes on calltohome.com.